What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Apogee Podcast. My name is David Carter, and today is a first for us on the Apogee Podcast. I'll be recording this one as a solo host. Uh, unfortunately, Kevin couldn't be here today, so I'm going to take this one on by myself. Uh, normally, we have this awesome conversation at the beginning between me and Kevin, but since I have nothing really awesome to say about myself today, I'm just going to get into it. Uh, today we have the privilege of having two incredible fit mothers on the podcast. We have Dr. Turner, Alyssa Turner, physical therapist and owner of Ant Physical Therapy, and mother of Mia Turner, and one on the way, a little girl, correct? Another That's little right. girl. Yeah, yep. little girl. Uh, she trains at CrossFit Clemson. And then we also have Sybil Crane, nurse practitioner who works at the ICU at Spartanburg Regional, mother to Emerson and Beckham. Remind me their ages again. I cannot remember. Emerson just turned six, and Beckham is three. Six and three. Awesome. Uh, Sybil trains at CrossFit Greer, my home gym. We are super excited to have these women on to discuss how they juggle life at work and at home and how they still manage to kill it in the gym week in and week out. So welcome back, ladies. <laughs> Thanks for having us, David. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. It. So we actually recorded this episode, I don't know, was it like a month ago now maybe? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, and it was it was gold. But as soon as the girls left, we kind of did the playback, and it was, I don't know what happened. There's something with our soundboard messed up, and we just had this incredible, annoying beeping noise for the entire episode. So we are re-recording today, um, and we're, we're super excited that we could get them scheduled again. So we'll just start right off the bat again. I don't remember any of your answers, so... <laughs> Uh, so this will be brand new to me too. Um, Alyssa, is this your first podcast? Yes. Second recorded, but first, I guess this will be the official released one. That's right, yeah. <laughs> but oh yeah, same chair, same everything. First. Same spot, this, yeah. awesome. Second go around, I guess. Sybil, this is a little different for you, right? Very different. A different spot in the room. Different spot in the yeah. room, Opposite first corner. podcast. <laughs> yeah, well again, thanks for coming back on. So we're gonna start from the very beginning. We're gonna. I want you guys to tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Um, we'll start with Sybil first. Sybil, where are you from? Uh, where were you raised? And what kind of family life did you have growing up? I grew up in Binghamton, New York, which is upstate, kind of right in the middle of uh, New York State, on the border of New York, Pennsylvania. I stayed there until I was 19. I completed my physical therapy assistant degree out of um, a state university of New York at Broome. After that, I met a man and he finished his teaching degree in Ohio. He's also from upstate New York and Pennsylvania area. He traveled to Greenville where most of his college roommates had either grown up or were going to marry women who were from the area. They all lived here. I traveled uh, down south Georgia and then Florida and then ended up in Greenville. Um, I'm the daughter of, he. my dad does everything. He is a diesel mechanic. He is um, owner, operator, a truck driver. He can run any piece of machinery. And so my upbringing was all around gravel, um, excavators, dump trucks, bulldozers, you name it, I can run them all. <laughs> <laughs> but I... Uh, Stayed in South Carolina, married, and then went on to nursing school and finished my nurse practitioner work at Spartanburg Regional. Cool. And what about you, Alyssa? Where are you from? How were you raised? Tell us a little about your life. 
Yeah, I uh, was born in Ottawa, Canada. I have three siblings, so we were all born in Canada. My parents are born and raised Canadian, but we moved to Fort Mill, South Carolina when I was six. So grew up in South Carolina, went to Fort Mill High School, ended up playing college softball at Anderson University. Um, from there, my parents had moved to New Hampshire to be closer to Canadian family. Mm -hmm. um, so when I was looking at physical therapy schools, ended up at Franklin Pierce University there. Um, went to school there, had met my now husband uh, in undergrad, so he moved up with me, planned a wedding, got married through physical therapy school, worked up there for a year, came back down to the upstate area, and we've been here ever since. Awesome. So you mentioned you played softball in college. So is softball always a big part of your life growing up? What was your sports background? It it wasn't initially. So um, <laughs> last time I told you guys, my, my first true love was ribbon dancing when I was about three years old. <laughs> um, but it ended up not working out for me. We ended up moving. Um, and, <laughs> and I started in uh, gymnastics, got really involved in karate. So all of us... Um, got our black belts like by the time we were nine years old something like that and then uh started playing more team sports um church basketball um then baseball was kind of the big sport for me until i got to high school and decided that i'd make the switch to softball which was so, great this is very interesting to me um the martial arts background so karate so i have a little son right now almost i'll just call him four he's four in like two weeks he started karate, and I just I think it's very interesting that you, the martial arts is very fundamental in teaching body awareness, body mechanics. Talk a little bit about how you feel like that that background in karate really helped you in your athletic career as you going forward as you got older. Absolutely, I mean, right from the get go, I think we started. My brother and I uh, started when we were six, so you learn immediately that. You have this instructor. You're to respect that instructor. You're to listen to what they say. Right. Um, and they're going to teach you these really cool skills. Right. You know, Three Ninjas was huge when when I was growing up. So it was like, well, this is what we're going to do. Oh yeah. Uh, Reagan doesn't even call it karate. He calls it ninja school. <laughs> I, I, I believe it. But no, I and I, I tell people this all the time, and it's one of the reasons why I'm still involved in martial arts. Uh, is single-handedly, I think it taught me to be a dedicated uh, athlete mm -hmm. and to respect my coaches or my teachers, uh, and really put in that that effort uh, in whatever I'm, you know, working towards. Right. Uh, it's it's huge, and I love that that Riggs is starting it. And I think it's it's oh, awesome. Yeah. It's a great age to start too. It's so funny. He's ever since he started he just started it like i don't know three weeks ago and he has just been so into like fitness lately like i'll be working out in the garage and he wants to come out and work out with me i saw your little so, video yeah, yeah yeah so he's been he, he's like i want to start a fitness a ch uh kids fitness youtube channel i was like hey we'll see if this lasts but maybe we can um but it's just funny every time i take a video of him he's like hey make sure you send that to my sensei you know <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny so, Sybil, tell me a little about your background in sports. I know that um, soccer was a big deal for you growing up, correct? Yeah, soccer was, is, it's still a big deal. And I had started, thankfully, when I was really young and played basketball in high school as well. But we went to a very small school. So it's almost like if you played, you could be popular just because you played a sport. That's mm -hmm. how small it was. I played soccer probably starting in my... Um, like nine, ten years old, 
and then traveled, uh, travel soccer all year round up, up upstate New York. You could play indoor, outdoor, indoor during the winter uh, when it was snowing, and then outdoor the rest of the year. Um, we would we played in Europe as a select team uh, at one point, and then ODP was pretty popular up in upstate New York at the time. Um, played in college, and then actually when we moved to South Carolina, Nate and I played on a an adult co-ed and pickup league for several years, right up until I went back to nursing school. Awesome. Yeah. It's so funny. I'm from Michigan as well, or, you know, so a northern state where we also had indoor soccer. And it's funny trying to explain what indoor soccer is to folks in South Carolina because it's pretty much non-existent down here, at least to my knowledge. I don't know of any, like, we played at the pavilion when we first moved here. The pavilion had that indoor, it was roller hockey? Sure, like, yeah, yeah. You could play indoor, and it was pretty pretty legit because you could use the walls and everything. Sure. Needed. But I don't think there's any like high-end like indoor soccer leagues around mm-hmm. here, though, at least to my knowledge. Maybe there is. But it's funny. I'll be like, yeah, it, it's literally just like hockey, and then I still lost them because they don't really know much about hockey. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so what college did you end up going to to play soccer? There there's state universities in New York, so it was SUNY, State University of New York and mm-hmm. um, Binghamton, Broome County. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yep. What, what position did you play? I was always like the winger, right mm-hmm. or left wing. Cool. Very awesome. And did you state where you played college softball at? Yes. You did? Yes. I think uh, I mentioned Anderson University. Anderson University. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Go Trojans. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so at what point while you guys were in college, did you guys say, hey, I'm, I'm interested in the healthcare field. I'm going to focus my studies in that direction. Uh, go for it. Yeah. Melissa. My dad is a primary care physician. So um, health and science was always a big part of dinner table conversation. Um, and I liked it. The rest of my family did not. <laughs> um, but uh even in high school, I uh, took a few sports medicine classes and things like that and thought that when I went to school, I'd, I'd end up going to med school or doing something in healthcare. And then when I ended up getting into Anderson University and studying kinesiology, um, it was either, you know, you can go and uh, specialize, do physical education, or you can go on to physical therapy school. Like I really saw those as my two options, which were both great options. Um, but I really liked the uh, aspect of earning a doctorate and working with athletes and um, just, yeah, kind of fell into it, thankfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't change it. Right. Awesome. What about you, Sybil? So I had, it was basketball. I had a third degree ankle sprain in high school, my senior year, at our host basketball tournament. So, of course, it was my senior year. I was, you know, queen of the world at that point and um point guard and rolled my ankle in the final championship game and we lost by like four. Oh no so there i am with my swollen ankle on the sideline just you know watching the end of the game it was literally minutes at the end and had to start physical therapy right at christmas break our tournament was right before christmas i was out for three weeks or six weeks at that point and fell in love with physical therapy. I had no clue what I wanted to do in, in college. I had thought I wanted to go into healthcare, but mm-hmm. didn't really know why. And with my family's background, I probably should have been an engineer. And I still like to kind of jerry-rig everything in my path, even my car. So 
went on to physical therapy, had gotten the two-year degree, the associate's degree, and traveled. The nursing um, education was just a total God thing. In my career path, I needed to have at least a four-year degree to advance within my field. And locally, there wasn't any physical therapy schools um, that could kind of bridge me to the to the master's degree at that point, and then it transitioned to the DPT. Mm-hmm. So nursing at Upstate was the next best choice and completed that, worked in the cardiac ICU at Spartanburg Regional, and then just kept progressing from there. Awesome. But yeah, it was because of my sports injury that I had gotten into healthcare. <laughs> well, awesome. And it sounds like, you know, with COVID going on, we were talking a little bit before we started the podcast. It's just been incredible what you guys are trying to handle up there in the ICE right now. Yes, it's it's full. The hospital's full. And at one point we tried to contain COVID within certain floors. We had dedicated floors for it and dedicated staff. And since Christmas or even even after Thanksgiving, it just took over the hospital. Mm-hmm. It's it's everywhere. Yeah, it's so unfortunate. Hopefully, this will all be be behind us. Hopefully soon, sooner than later at least. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. But um, let's talk a little bit more about your husband. So you guys both mentioned, you know, that you do have husbands, obviously, and uh, you talked very briefly about how you met them. But let's dive a little bit more into that, Alyssa. Like, how did you meet Jeremy? Yeah, I was three days into being a freshman at Anderson University, and I had no interest in dating whatsoever. I was like, I'm going to do school. I'm going to play softball. I'm going to do my thing. It's fine. <laughs> and uh, I had met some friends on my hall who happened to be, one of them happened to be dating um, a guy at Clemson who was a roommate of Jeremy's. And uh, she kind of put in a word with him and he was like, no, I'm not dating. Uh, I'm going to live with my dog for the rest of my life and that'll be that. So she's like, no, you guys really, you guys really should meet. (laughs) And so uh, maybe the next day we went up to his apartment, um, like a group of us girls that had just become friends, um, went and hung out, listened to music. uh, And then, you know, we started talking a little bit more and the rest is history. I mean, we've been together since 2006. Um, he proposed uh, in 2009 um, in a like wooded, snowy forest in New Hampshire, which none of us ever, or neither of us ever expected. Sure. Um, and yeah, no, it's been it's been wonderful. Dang, 2006. You guys were. If you went to Clemson, you were at AU, you guys were still using the whole AIM system. We were, yeah. so, <laughs> oh, yes, and I'll never, I'll never forget it. We talk, So we talked to each other on AIM first, and he had a Marvin the Martian. That was uh, his handle? That was, well, it, it wasn't his handle. Oh, I don't even remember his handle. <laughs> mine was, was mine was Canadian Bacon. It wasn't, <laughs> that even, tells it you wasn't even called a handle back then. No. What was it called? Just your, your AI, AOL name? Your AOL name, yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, but he had a Marvin the Martian like profile picture, I uh-huh. guess. And I'm like, okay, well, he must like Green or Looney Tunes or whatever. <laughs> um, and so I remember talking to him on that. And that's really, yeah, that is how we communicated a lot for the first couple years Man, that we I were miss dating. AOL. AOL was the best. <laughs> Actually, it was the worst, especially up front when that was like an internet server. Remember that? That was the worst. You remember yeah. that? You, oh, like, yeah. If you had internet at your house when you were a kid, it was AOL, but it was like 
not America Online. It was America Offline. Seriously, because he had to like wait in. Oh in, yeah, that little yellow dude. Yeah, he had to like, like wait in line to sign on. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was awesome. Is that dial-up? Yeah. That was I dial-up. had dial-up. Yeah, it was yeah, dial-up. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that was like the original. Well, maybe it wasn't the original dial-up. I'm not a tech guy, but I just remember we had AOL dial-up, and it was not fun. But those were the good old days. So you met Nate through friends, correct, Sybil? We we actually went to the same high school. Oh, so okay. When he finished, he's two years older. When he finished his four-year degree, I finished my two-year degree at the same time. And he went back to school for an extra semester. His It wasn't quite the fifth-year senior, but he had an extra semester of student teaching as a math degree and then finished his teaching degree. But his school had trimesters, so they started at the middle of September. They don't they don't do that at school anymore. But he went home or he went back to school later than everybody else. So he was alone. I, you know, was totally into him and knew that nobody else would be around, so I could kinda attack that for a few weeks until he went off to school. <laughs> you were on the prowl. Yeah, super on the prowl. And so I asked him out. Very safe settings, always brought, because I have, my mom's one of seven. I have 38 cousins or something like that. And so I always brought a cousin to one of these, like, outings just in case I needed backup. Or, sure. That's a wingman. And it's, Yes, I totally had a wingman. So I brought a cousin each time. He even came to one of our family vacations up in, it's actually where we got married on the St. Lawrence River, which is the border between New York and Canada. And he survived like he survived all of my crazy family meetings and most of the interactions with me and they were usually sports related so we had gone to drive golf balls the first time and a couple of other athletic things that um he he made it through all the tests um but then he went off to college and then I moved south so we were long distance for about a year and a half oh boy that's tough yep we met up again in Taylor's. I actually lived in Taylor's for a while, got married. We've been here ever since. It's it'll be twenty years pretty soon. I'm not shocked that Nate didn't pass or pass the test. I mean he's so like cool and collected. He's, he's just very he's such a nice guy. He's yeah. just everybody likes Nate. Yeah, he's, you cannot not like Nate. That's very cool. He's even killed all the time. <laughs> for sure. Um, so let's talk let's get a little bit into fitness now. So we know a little bit about your family backgrounds and upbringing, but uh, we all know that both of y'all are very fit individuals. Um, at what point in college did you guys start kind of veering away of training for softball and soccer to just really training for performance and fitness? Like how did you guys find CrossFit um, and just continue to make fitness a priority in your life after sports? So it wasn't until, um, after I graduated from Anderson and started PT school when I was planning a wedding that I really was like, okay, well, I got to do something exercise wise. <laughs> um, that was 2010. So CrossFit was, you know, still the big scary sport that you're like, well, I, I'm not fit enough to do that. So I stuck with my P90X for a while, yeah. <laughs> um, got, got wedding ready, uh, and it was great. And then you know, uh, we did a lot of road races um, and kind of distance running when we lived in New Hampshire, which was the worst place to do it because it's cold and icy mm-hmm. seven months out of the year. Um, but when we moved back down to South Carolina, um, we were able to 
golf all year, which was our primary mode of fitness. That's what we really, really enjoyed. Um, but Cameron White, who owns CrossFit Clemson, introduced me to CrossFit on a Saturday workout. Um, that was, gosh, four years ago now. She didn't own the gym at the time, um, but ended up doing a CrossFit workout with her. She came to do some Muay Thai with me at Electric City Mixed Martial Arts in Anderson. Um, and then, you know, popped in for workouts here and there, but was kind of doing my own thing. And then when I started Turner Sports Performance, now AMP Physical Therapy and Performance, decided that, uh, you know, I, I wanted to work out of a gym. Cameron gave me the space to do it. And like, well, I guess I also do CrossFit now. Uh, so it's been, it's worked out great. So I've really been involved with it for four years, but really only been, I can't, I can consider myself a CrossFitter for the last two. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And what about you, Sybil? We had played soccer in South Carolina and then started into running. Actually, it was because of our wedding that I started running. It was with, um, we were at, I think Gold's Gym right there at the intersection of East North and Pelham Road. The owner's daughter, I think she actually owns Potentia now, um, or part owner, Krista, uh, I'm trying to think of her last name. Her dad, though, was a big influence in running at Gold's, and he ended up moving over to Pivotal, and we, we were there as well, and just ran and played soccer for years. We had known about CrossFit Greer. Because of running, we would come down Poinsett, and they were at a little strip plaza at one point in Greer mm -hmm. and then at the Anytime Fitness in Greer for a couple of months until they found one of their standalone locations right behind it, ironically right, be right behind Hardee's um, in Greer at the intersection of 101. It's and a perfect place to have a gym. Well, it was, no, it was <laughs> awful because you would go and run and just smell like burgers or bacon and you would finish the wad and come up to um, just like pop greasy food whenever you were done <laughs> yeah. but we crossfit was super intimidating at first i thought i had to get in shape in order to start at first and of course we come and the first workout is a filthy 50 right sure i was completely wiped i thought well this is just it's not the time this is not the not the place but six months later it was meant to happen again came back and i was gonna i was like this is it i'm gonna make a serious commitment I'm not training for anything. I don't have to. I can just focus on CrossFit. Well, I come back to the Filthy 50 and <laughs> tore it up. And then... Um, so what was the... Uh, what, what was the... From the difference of the six months prior when you first tried it to six months later going back in the door, what, what was the change of heart? It was... Uh, I was actually in the middle of training for... A marathon. Oh, okay. All so right. I had a big commitment. I just thought, well, if I'm this sore after one work, and I thought, is that if that's an average workout, I'm kind of screwed because that thing was hard. Right. Yeah. And the movements are, you know, fifty of them each. It's, it was terrible. <laughs> so in order to survive that and then to run and appropriately train, it was it was not meant to be at the time. And a couple of other things start. So Nate. He had started um, like higher blood pressure and health issues, and I had back issues that I thought, you know, I need to do something other than running or the same old routine I was doing at Anytime Fitness. I needed something different. And so we, we were like, we're going to commit to this for at least a year, see where this goes. My back has never hurt since. Mm -hmm. I have been sore, 
but it has never hurt like I was hurting from daily um, strain injuries at work. Oh man, me and Alyssa could probably nerd out about that for a whole nother hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, for sure. <laughs> but that's Nate, amazing how sure. that happens though, right? Yeah, Nate yeah. has not, we've never had to really look into getting him on blood pressure medicine. His blood pressure has been better. Uh, I wouldn't say it's perfect because I think part of it is uh, family genetics, but yeah, we... It's not living with you, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably is, um, but the boys don't help either, so I'll put them in that mix. I'll put them in that mix. <laughs> right, because we all know Sybil wears the pants in that family, for sure. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, that's awesome. I think that's that's really cool that, you know, firsthand experience, especially somebody who is very well-versed in, in healthcare and how the body works, how you can kind of attest to how it really has helped improve even internal and external issues in both of your bodies, which is really cool. Um, so speaking of husbands, do you guys do you guys work out together, or is this something that's a friendly thing between the two of you, or is there like too much of a rivalry where you have to go to separate classes? <laughs> we uh, we do most of our workouts together in the home gym. Um, competition wise, a lot of times we're doing different things at the same time, or we'll, we'll partner up for a, a partner wad, but, um, he, he trains for golf. Golf mm-hmm. is his thing. Um, so his workouts do look a little bit different than mine. Um, but yeah, com- competition wise, that's always settled on the golf course, mm-hmm. which your girl's a leg up right now. I won yesterday. Really? Yeah. Ooh. One stroke. Awesome. Good for you, Alyssa. I'm proud of you. Nice. Yesterday was cold, too. Good oh, job. Yeah, it was pretty miserable. They're dedicated. Yeah, they got to get it done. Uh-huh. What about you and you and Nate? Nate and I, he's very safe. So Nate is safety Steve. He he goes and his, his range of motion, his mobility is perfect. He doesn't push the weights. He doesn't push the movements. If he feels that he is um, kind of strained a little bit, He's done. He he will never get injured. Mm-hmm. Um, I, on the other hand, am the complete opposite. I'll push it until it's it's done. I will try to push as much weight as I physically can. I'm not going to hurt myself. Right. But I, I'm a lot more competitive than he is. So we we don't really work out together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to maintain that relationship. I get it. Um, yes, let's talk a little bit about children, right? So we are fit working moms round table. So we got to talk a little bit about those kids. Um, I, I'm going to bring it back a little bit to 2015 when I first moved, me and Laura first moved here. We, we rented a small Victorian house, downtown Greer. And I just remember seeing this man, this bald headed bearded man walking his, or in a cart, pushing his little baby in a cart all the time like literally I'd get before I left for work I'd see him pushing this baby when I get home from work I'd see him pushing this baby and so one day I just went out there I said hey man what's going on my name's David I'm new to the area he's like oh my name's Nate I just got this brand new baby I'm just trying to keep him calm (laughs) (laughs) so that was my first time ever meeting Nate and we got we got into talking a little bit but I didn't really get to know Nate until we joined CrossFit Greer much later, I think, you know, in t- a couple of years later, um, be- at that point, I had no idea who you were, Sybil. But talk a little bit about having that first child. I think that was your first child, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Emerson. Um, so talk a little bit ago. about Emerson and then... Oh. What was what I was very fortunate to be able to do was work out 
during the entire pregnancy. Um, listening to your body, obviously, and not changing anything before or after or during. And, and everybody's, it's a very individual decision. Um, but you should, as a, as a pregnant woman, you know, listen to your body and take things, take precautions during CrossFit workouts. But I never... I never really changed. I was slower, but I didn't change my weights. I actually was a little bit stronger, maybe because my hips were <laughs> wider, so maybe I had a better um, base of support. But I was able to work out during both pregnancies, and I think that helped tremendously with the delivery. But yeah, Emerson, six years ago, was born. Um, a few weeks later, um, I would start walking because we are walking distance from mm-hmm. the gym. So I would push that little stroller all the way down there and hang out and watch them and then come back. And then a couple weeks after that, I'd push that stroller down there and do some little piddly things on the side. And then I got my six-week okay and could do a few more things after that. But thankfully, I was able to continue and then um, maintain CrossFit quickly afterwards. I'm sorry, that's my stomach. (laughs) Um, But yeah, during both pregnancies, it was... um, I felt good. I was lucky enough to feel good. So at any point during your pregnancies, were you nervous about what you were doing in CrossFit? I probably should have been, but I felt so good. The worst, the hardest part was getting through the door. I was exhausted. But as soon as I started those workouts and would finish, I just felt better. Mm -hmm. Um, Pregnancy just made me feel just like bloated and sore and achy. But after the workouts... All of that just kind of resolved. It right. just felt better. Awesome. What about me, Little Miss Mia? Talk a little bit about your pregnancy and working out and how that all went down. Yeah, I'm interested to see how this little one um, arrives and, and all that. Because with Mia, when I was pregnant, um, I was in the best shape of my life going into pregnancy with her. And I was doing more Muay Thai kickboxing and golf, so a lot more cardio based activities not a whole lot of weightlifting mm-hmm. um and i mean i think it certainly had its benefits with labor and delivery uh i was wiped out for the first two or three weeks and she was born in july so it was hot and mm-hmm. humid but i remember the first walk that we took as a family just pushing the stroller in our hilly neighborhood for maybe half a mile i was wiped but i kind of made that my goal just to start seeing how how much further we could go um get back on the golf course walk with her you know jeremy would push clubs and i just push the stroller and take a few swings when i felt like i needed to and um i think crossfit really wasn't a huge part of our picture right when mia was born it was kind of around maybe the following May when the first time we brought her into the CrossFit gym was for a Murph. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, she's she's definitely seen us be active, try to be active with her. And a lot of that's just in the form of walking. Um, this time around with this pregnancy, I'm definitely lifting a lot more weight, um, doing more CrossFit style workouts, scaling a lot um, just because I haven't felt as great mm-hmm. um, but I'm hoping that being able to maintain a certain level of strength and endurance will help with labor and delivery and maybe help me rebound a little bit faster too because you know have a newborn and then 
a three-year-old to keep up with. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> hey, yep. Laura did it. Oh, my so. goodness. Yeah, talk Sybil about Sybil did it. It yeah. is busy. Yep. I'm interested to hear your stance on this since you are a physical therapist and you have your own clinic um, and you've gone through, I guess, what, one and a half pregnancies now, um, you know, currently going through one. Do you have a lot of females reaching out to you, asking you advice about working out during pregnancy or, you know, after pregnancy? Not, a, I mean, yeah, there's, um, there are some questions uh, for sure, but, you know, there's a lot of my friends in the fitness and CrossFit world right now that are expecting, um, and we're all kind of going through the same stuff. So it's fun to just not be a physical therapist talking mm-hmm. to pregnant moms, but just being another pregnant mom uh, going through these changes and, and you know, having maybe a tougher day or having a really a surprising day where you're like, man, I didn't have to scale a thing or um, it, so it's it's been I've kind of taken off that physical therapy hat with those moms mm-hmm. and just been more of a friend. Yeah. Um, so that's been kind of cool. And I've certainly reached out to them as well. If, if I'm having a day, but, um, there's, it, it, yeah, yes and no, mm-hmm. I guess I should say. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in your opinion, I guess continuing on with that, you know, there's that six week window after pregnancy where, you know, you pretty much halt or after the baby's born where you halt a lot of activity. Um, how should somebody after that kind of start getting back into fitness. Do you feel like it's, it's uh, something you see where people just jump right back into it and they injure themselves quickly? Or what's usually your opinion to folks like that? I think it's case dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, what you know, How labor and delivery went, if you had a C-section, if you had a traditional you know, natural birth, um, what kind of shape you were in before and during. I mean, there's so many variables. Once you get clearance from your doctor to say, hey, I can start doing this stuff. I mean, really, I think working with a coach who's maybe had some experience to, to get back in um, is what I would advise or, or working with a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there and you know, Instagram is a, is a dangerous place where you know you have these elite athletes that are coming back after babies and i think for the most part a lot of them have been really good about being real about the process that it takes to come back but you know you see one post about them you know (laughs) getting back to their original pr clean and jerk and you're like well i gotta get back there asap um so there's a lot of misinformation there and then there's even more information about you know, some symptoms after pregnancy um, with incontinence and stuff, and that being normal. Um, and it's just not true. It's, it's, it's a common but not normal issue to have. So I think some people jump back too fast and, and maybe expect these things to happen because that's what some of their other friends have experienced. But I think it, being a physical therapist, that that's where the advocacy really comes in. And we got to really make sure that people are set up for success from the get-go and not let these, you know, it, musculoskeletal injuries happen, but some of these other um, other issues linger. Yeah, I, that was an amazing answer. That's really good. That's really good, yeah. I, yeah, I think um, everybody is very unique and individual, but I think it's I think it's very interesting, especially someone that comes to mind is like Annie Thor's daughter following her on Instagram. I, I feel like that's the most human I've ever seen her because she just seems like, I mean, just just 
purely from her her abs. I mean, this is like inhumane abdominals, right? Like they were just incredible. And just to kind of see her be very open about what it's like rebounding from a pregnancy, especially it seemed like hers was a little bit more tough. Um, don't quote me on that. That's just from what I've seen on Instagram. I don't know if that's a fact, but uh, it's just it, it almost makes these these females look human, which is great. I mean, I think uh, fans and other females probably appreciate that quite a bit. What's interesting about pregnancy is there's there's truly no one size fits all. Even though my pregnancy was great, I was I got pregnant after the age of 35 with both of them, so I was advanced from maternal age and. Maybe I jumped back too soon. I probably, but I felt really good. I might have been super sleep deprived, but CrossFit has always been my my stress relief. It's my um, coping mechanism. It's the way even even if um, all else is going wrong, then I can just kind of run or exercise or do do some deadlifts or anything, and just work out the tension. Um, but just because I feel that way, it doesn't mean everybody. You know, like a, it really is a personal thing when you're ready to start back. Even though your doctor gives you the approval, you might still be healing. You might have, um, you know, abdominal tone issues or like diastasis recti or um, any kind of incontinence issues that are really not normal. You you need to progress slowly in, in those cases or, like you said, well, um, go back with physical therapy or some kind of um, recommendation or a trainer to allow you to safely get back to what you were doing before. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the best rule of thumb is when in doubt, always seek out somebody who can, you know, help you advocate for yourself to make sure you're making the right decisions. Because, mm-hmm. you know, let's face it, like, I don't know the lifestyle of every single person. I know the lifestyle of a lot of fit people, but there's a lot of people who have different interests in me and different goals. Um, same with your OB, like they might not really understand your fitness lifestyle, so they might not be able to give you the best advice. So, you know, yeah, if, even fit people yep. have terrible pregnancies or they're nauseous all the time, yep. or you know, they might have a miscarriage or you know, just bad things, or you have that person who does everything wrong and their pregnancy is perfect, right? Yeah, <laughs> those lucky ones, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit more about your kids. So it's pretty cool, I think, especially in the CrossFit communities as, as ladies continue to have more children. You see more and more kids in the gyms, kind of growing up in the gym. Um, talk a little bit about Emerson and Beckham, you know, just how they are as children and what it's like bringing them to the gym and kind of growing up in that environment. So Emerson, what was neat about CrossFit Greer up until COVID, they had CrossFit Kids. Uh, Saturdays after the 9 a.m. workout. And Emerson would kind of participate. He would watch. We would do it with him. He would do it with us. But then he would just, you know, he would just kind of play with it. He was never really consistent. And then he got a little bit older, and he would do these little workouts on his own. And then he and Nolan Bell would, they actually have their own little kids' weights in the gym right now, and they'll set them up with some some weight. They'll put some plates on and the clips and they'll do their own little workout with uh, burpees. It seems to be something kids just kind of tend to. They want to do a burpee and jump over the bar and then try to lift the bar up. So thankfully, he he has seen us perform and wants to work out with us. 
and Beckham has kind of followed that path. Everything that Emerson does, he has to try to do it, and he tries to be better. Um, Nolan Bell has always been a part of these little events. They actually play soccer together as well. So they were on a soccer team, and Emerson and him were little teammates. He'd bring a Gatorade for him. Um, Nolan would bring a Gatorade for him on opposite weeks. <laughs> but them seeing us participate in sports, I think, has encouraged them to want to do something themselves. Sure. That's really cool. What about Mia? Yeah, she definitely had an you know, an early introduction to being at a CrossFit gym, um, brought her into the Electric City Mixed Martial Arts a few times too, and then COVID happened. Um, so, you know, half of her life, she's been exposed to being in a gym and then <laughs> this last year and a half, not so much. Uh-huh. So um, she's definitely, they're sponges, you know, so if Jeremy has a putter out in the living room and, and he she sees him putting, she's she grabs her putter and starts doing it um then she'll also take that putter put it behind her back and start back squatting Um, if she sees me doing you know just sees me working out in the garage uh sees me doing stuff on the floor you know what whatever so um i would love to have her in a gym a little bit more and be Mm -hmm. exposed to obviously not covid but (laughs) the benefits of exercise and group fitness and um all all of that so i'm hoping you know once we get on the other side of these things that both of our girls can have a little bit more exposure and and have their little kid fit sessions and um you know so we'll we'll do what we can right now but yeah absolutely yeah i think it's really cool it's it's always been almost uh i guess i'm not really sure how exposed I want my kids to be to going to the gym because I don't want them that to become like a chore for them, right? You sit here in this corner while daddy works out, right? So having, you know, this time actually with COVID where we're working out more in the garage where they're at home and they can have the choice of being inside or come outside and join mom and dad in a workout, it's their choice. So it's been actually pretty cool because it really shows, all right, they're interested in doing this. Or we can just have fun and play, you know, and that's that's the biggest thing. I don't want to force anything on my kids. So that's if anything good with fitness came with COVID, I think just working out more in the garage at home has actually been pretty cool because um, especially for Riggins, he's he just loves going out there. Um, well, have you seen that they like oftentimes we'll be doing something in the garage and they'll come up with their own workout. Like, right. They'll be in the corner doing their own little thing. Legos usually. And I've seen them kind of pull some little pieces of equipment over that they can they can pick up. Mm-hmm. And Emerson has picked up this little, um, it's a kettlebell that we got from Five Below for five bucks, I think. He takes that thing and hauls it out to the road, runs with it, runs back, does a couple kettlebell swings. Then he did a burpee. So, of course, Beckham wants to try to do the same thing. He can't carry the kettlebell, so he got mad at it and threw it on the side. <laughs> then went out to the road, came yeah. back, and did some burpees. But it's it's interesting. Like that was completely un, you know, unbeknownst to us until we looked around and saw them doing right. this little workout. Yeah, it's fun for them. They they create a game. It's so fun. little boys are hilarious, right? They get so frustrated when they can't yeah. do something, and like, they're always it is half the naked. End of the world. Yeah, Took off the shirts. They gotta true. take off their shoes. Well, they, it could be twenty degrees outside. There they are, 
shirtless, shortless, well, half the time it's shortless, and no socks. Right, guns out, man. Yeah, <laughs> and other things. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> hey guys, we'll get back to the episode in a moment here, but we want to take a quick break to thank our sponsor for this episode, CrossFit Greer. Uh, if y'all live in the Greer area and are looking to join a CrossFit box, go ahead and look up Jen and Reagan Green, owners of CrossFit Greer. Mention the Apogee podcast to them, and they will give 10% off your first month's membership. We also want to thank Blitz Belts for their continued sponsorship of the podcast. They're offering our listeners a 15% discount at checkout. All you have to do is type in Apogee, all caps, that's A-P-O-G-E-E, for your 15% off discount. Let's talk a little bit about technology. So technology has been a big thing that obviously it's controlled our world the last 10 years. We were just talking about AOL Instant Messenger. Like that's ancient. Like if you were born within the year 2000, you have no idea probably what AOL Instant Messenger is. It's hilarious. I have, you know, some college and high school students come in and um, just to job shadow or, you know, work in the clinic and I bring up so many different things that were normal, like Blockbuster. Never heard of it, you know? They don't realize how good they have it where they can just turn the TV on, press a button, and any movie they would ever want to watch in the world is right there for like a small fee, maybe before $4.99 on Amazon Prime, you know? Or, you know, half of them are on Netflix for free if you have a subscription, whatever. You know, we used to have to jump on our bikes, ride like a half hour and our parents would let us you know ride like a half hour to blockbuster hope that movie is there on the wall you know there's only like 10 copies they could be rented (laughs) and drive all the way home and hope that it was rewound if it was a vhs right because you don't want to see the end pop it in and be like oh dang it like all right i gotta rewind this thing like they don't realize how good they have it so (laughs) there's (laughs) soapbox the about little, uh, be kind rewind <laughs> right it's always on the, like the sticker on it <laughs> it's so funny going down memory lane because you just don't realize how much has changed over the last 15 years until you start sitting down and thinking about it mm-hmm. um so talk about how you guys with little kids are incorporating technology into your households um and you know i know every family is different and we're not laying down parenting rules or laws right now but just how do y'all control it and how do you see it being beneficial and also not beneficial in your home? We So at CrossFit, while we're working out, the biggest focus is don't come out while people are throwing around weights. So it's more for their safety. And if they they are back, and I had mentioned Nolan Bell, they're always back there together. So they're either playing with the Legos together or they're either watching something on the iPad together. And thankfully, they all they all know where to kind of stay to be safe. They also are pretty aware of when the workout is done and they can come out and run around. But on occasion, they might have some sugar or something that maybe they didn't have a nap and they're just um, moody, which they often are. Then we'll use the iPad just while people work out and it's mainly for their safety. And we, Nate and I are here in South Carolina. My parents are here during the winter but we often don't have help um, with any kind of childcare, and I will put a big focus on our physical health so we can be there. It helps with my mental health as well, but so I can physically keep up with my kids. Um, 
So we, although we use the iPad during CrossFit time to keep them safe, it's not ideal. I don't want them on it a long time, but it does help keep them safe. And, and for example, we, had, we were there for a Sunday workout one day. It was just Nate and I. We put them in the back just to play, no iPad. They went bonkers. They were climbing on all the weights. They were jumping off the couches. They had, I don't, I don't know what was going on, but there was at one point like an explosion of goldfish. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we, we tried our best, went the non-technology route for a little bit. We did our workout, but there were a couple of, uh, you know, I won't lie, we went back and there was a spanking or two or somebody was crying or somebody had some time out in the corner and, and couldn't contain themselves. And then we brought out the iPad for like a short little video, finished our workout, silence. You didn't hear them at all. Right. <laughs> and they were safe. So that that's where technology comes in handy for us. It has actually helped my son learn all of his colors and most of his heavy machinery. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Awesome. But I, I mean, I'm not promoting it, but I'm, I won't downplay some of its importance either, um, especially where people are throwing around pretty heavy weights in an area where kids could get potentially hurt. And uh-huh. thankfully, 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 our gym is very pro-family. Um, couples work out together, and I kind of picked on how we can't compete together, Nate and I, but we work out together often. Um, and we we can work out together so we're not stuck at the, the gym for hours and hours and then go home and, and be with the kids. But during that time, unfortunately, they they come with us and and we do want them to kind of stay put and stay safe while everybody else is working out. Absolutely. I think for the first two years of Mia's life, we had her convinced that the TV only played sports (laughs) and our phones only FaceTimed grandparents. Um, But it wasn't until she started like uh, listing off characters from different shows um, that I was like, oh, crap, well, maybe they're watching some of this stuff at daycare, Uh which they do a little bit like at the end of the day, if I pick her up late or something, they normally just put the kids in a room and they have something on TV. So we started YouTube and started finding some videos that she likes and we'll use those as kind of distractions if I'm if I'm trying to cook or Jeremy's trying to cook or um, if she she really likes to help us fold laundry. Um, So not really but if if i'm trying to get some stuff done no is she um she likes to i'm sorry she doesn't like to fold laundry she likes to unfold laundry right okay so throw it yeah (laughs) yeah it's just from one hamper to the next clean to dirty (laughs) dirty to clean and you just can't keep it straight so we've kind of used it as a as a little bit of a distraction um so she'll ask to watch some shows and um, you know, the different, different songs, um, different, you know, like little music videos and stuff is fine. We avoided getting a tablet until this past December when we flew to New Hampshire to see my parents. Um, so we've, and we only had to break that out when we were stuck in Baltimore for a few hours and she watched Frozen for maybe 15 minutes, but then wanted to play with her stickers and stuff. So for the Mm -hmm. most part, if it's on, she normally finds something else to, um, occupy her hands <laughs> right um you know she's pl- play-doh and stickers are kind of her go-to but every once in a while she'll ask for shows um we don't really have i don't have any games for her on my phone she doesn't really use her tablet much because we just don't have it in sight so uh, I, I can see maybe with this new baby uh having 
to use technology. Gosh, it sounds just more as like a distraction at this point, but it's amazing what she also has learned from shows mm -hmm. uh, and, and characters. And uh, I remember the first Coco Melon show she watched, this little baby was sick and, um, you know, clearly not feeling well. And Mia started crying because the baby wasn't feeling well. And I'm like, oh my God, when have when would I have ever seen her be empathetic at this age, right? If this show hadn't been right. on. It was gut-wrenching and beautiful at the same time. <laughs> She's like, baby JJ's sick. I'm like, oh my God, you're right. It's okay. He's going to be fine. <laughs> um, so... You know, it, it's it's amazing what even if she's not actually sitting there watching, if she's listening, you know, there there are some really good ones out there that are that she's kind of learning a lot from. For sure. I couldn't agree more. I mean, some of these shows like I'm sure your boys watch Blippi. I don't know that we did they not Blippi. watch Blippi. No, oh no, my we might goodness. have to we might you have avoid, to find Blippi. You sir, you avoided that one. Good for you. It's <laughs> it's an extremely annoying show, but. <laughs> They learn a lot of stuff. I mean, it is very educational in the most annoying way, um, which is cool. I mean, like you said. We're into um, dino trucks is sure, a big one. Yep, or we've seen that stinky one. and dirty, on, which is the definition of my kids. One is stinky, the other one's dirty. And most of the time, they're stinky and dirty at the same time. Sure. Perfect combination. But they're always, what's neat about stinky and dirty is they're always trying to work together to fulfill a task. So they, they go in their little town and they work together to like clean up the streets or um, build something for the lost helicopter or something like that. They're pretty cute. It's That's an Amazon cool. one. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's it's funny when you you have kids and they're watching these shows and you'll just wake up, you know, in the morning with one of the songs in your head. You know, it's like <laughs> yep. I hate this song. Yeah. Why is it in my head right now? But let's talk. You mentioned daycare. I want to talk a little bit about that. I think. Um, especially now in this day and age we have so many parents that have two working parents right um and that's become pretty normal um i think especially talking to my wife i know that sometimes she's like i have mom guilt you know i have mom guilt my kids are going to daycare um talk about that how do you guys feel about daycare um how do you do you guys get mom guilt do you guys how do you cope with it what do you what do you say Early on, you know, the first week when I was dropping her off and going back to work um, was very challenging. And there's there is certainly mom guilt, but at the same time, um, it, it's good to know. And she's been there for over two years now that she's very well taken care of during the day. I am not an early childhood education teacher, um, nor do I have the patience or ability. I think to teach her the things that she needs to to be out and about in society you know all of it it's just it's very daunting when you think about all the things that she has to learn and obviously parents are first what what she brings to daycare and what she comes home with and how she responds to situations is ultimately our responsibility mm -hmm. but um no I, I think it has been a huge blessing to have her where she is and they love her there and she loves going um the mom guilt was much more prevalent early on just because I did, I never went to daycare. Um, I never went to after school programs. My mom was a stay at home mom until we went to school. Um, so it was just a part, uh, it wasn't a part of our lives mm -hmm. until we had to find a place to, to take Mia. Um, so no, I think it's been, it's been a huge blessing and they're fantastic. 
um, to her and the fact that she loves going every day is mm-hmm. great. I mean, she talked about it all. She talks about it every weekend. <laughs> right. Yeah. Go back I, to school. I, I, need to get a, I need to get to go back to school on Monday. Like, mm-hmm, you do. <laughs> it's cool here too, by the way. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what about y'all? Uh, daycare has been amazing. We... There was very limited mom guilt. I dropped him off and probably shed like one tear, but then realized I had so much freedom again. And not that I needed the freedom, but work. I've always enjoyed what I what I had done for a living and have been very thankful for that. But Emerson and Beckham both went to Greer First Baptist up until COVID. So this time, about this time last year, they had made plans to renovate their daycare during the summer. And then COVID shut everything down and they came back and told us and the teachers too that with the regulations, the changes that they had to make and the cost benefit to their instructors to keep the cost low and keep good instructors, they shut down for good. Oh, really? We we were devastated because that's, um, that's where the boys had been ever since they were born. Emerson still, we drive by the church, and he still says, I miss my daycare, I miss my, my school, my teachers. And we had to come up with a different pattern this year. We had actually enrolled them in a little Christian school in Greer that we didn't know existed. But with Nate working almost five days a week and my schedule being four on, four off rotation and all of the days and nights, we had to find something that was at least five days a week um, or close to it. So the little school that they're at now, they're together and they enjoy the other children and the interaction. And what's neat is the accountability to their teacher. I don't know that I could hold that attention for a whole day mm-hmm. or that they could learn very much from me without just getting frustrated. That that relationship would be a battle. Like even playing trouble like we just did, I was trying to teach Emerson how to play according to the rules and he wanted to play with all kinds of new rules that he made up and both of us were not really enjoying either <laughs> either's position <laughs> so the fact that he enjoys his teachers the other kids he goes to school with he comes back every day um and he has to he has to follow rules mm-hmm. and within that rule system he has to be held accountable like he was Uh, green the other day but the day before he was yellow which is not as good so he he gets privileges based on how well he performs and I I don't know that I could do that for him at home right Um, and Beckham the same way he enjoys his classmates they have playtime they play soccer at school which is always a plus (laughs) but I'm I'm pro pro daycare it I just don't think them being at home with me all the time that the relationship would be as good. Yeah, I'm right there with both of you. So both our kids have been in daycare since month three, I think, th- uh, three months old and on. And uh, I think just learning to be around other adults than just your parents is huge for their development. Um, learning, like you said, learning directions from another adult and learning to respect other adults right away from uh, right from the beginning has been huge. Um, and there's learning social interaction with other kids because I, I think when we were growing up and, you know, my mom was stay at home mom until we were in school as well. Then she went back to work. Um, I feel like the neighborhood situation was different back then, right? Like we were outside playing with our, our friends all the time. 
maybe since we've just been in COVID for like the last year, it, maybe it just seems like it's been forever, but I just don't see kids outside playing as much as they used to. And that having that interaction in school and daycare, I think is, has really been huge for my kids. Um, I think just developing social skills and learning how to deal with different situations from the very beginning is just going to help as they get become adults, really, because life is all about social networking and um, being able to communicate with people from all walks of life. So I think that's great. And also kudos to stay-at-home moms, though. I I know from a fact, like, it's funny, Harrison is like, oh, you're sick today, your kids are sick, you get to stay home and, like, chill. I'm like, no, dude, I would so much rather be at work right now because being at home with two kids all day is is very daunting, and it, it is a lot of work and exhausting. I know that my wife, she was sick for almost a week, and uh, my kids had to be home from school for that week as well since she was sick, and I had to for two of those days before my mother-in-law could get over here, or that sounded wrong, was courteous enough to come help us out. (laughs) Um, I was at home as well, just (laughs) hanging out with this three and one-year-old, and it was so hard. And I just remember texting one of my good friends, Katie, who has five kids, and she's a stay-at-home mom. I'm like, I commend you so much because that was the hardest two days I've had in the last several months. (laughs) So stay-at-home moms, I mean, kudos to you as well. I, I, I don't think there's a, a right, like, one right way. But, again, just like with fitness and health, I mean, everybody's different, and what works for your family is the best thing. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about fitness and training. Um, recovery has become a huge thing as far as obviously you guys are working you know 40 hours a week it seems like it might be a little bit more for you (laughs) Sybil Um, and then I know Alyssa it's more for you as well running your own clinic and then I think you're also employed somewhere else Um, so you're basically working two jobs Um, how does nutrition fall into this category of recovering and be able to get back in the gym and just continue to perform not only for yourself but for your family once you get back there um, you know, pl- playing two hats of working professional and mother. Three hats and wife. <laughs> Nutrition's, it's been tough. I Nate and I, I don't know if people actually watch us eat, and they're always like, oh, you eat so healthy. And I was like, well, you know, we did have pizza, and I maybe had a beer the other night, or, you know, something that wasn't completely nutritional. But after Beckham... Emerson, I kind of lost the weight pretty steadily and then just hit a spot where it just kind of dropped off um, about the time I stopped um, breastfeeding. And Beckham was a little bit tougher. I was a little bit older, two kids, sleep deprived. I think things just were not, I wasn't eating as well, sleeping as well, and it was hard to get the weight off with him. I did start tracking macros at that point, and I still kind of follow that path. Flexible dieting has definitely been important for me. I don't like I don't do well following like a regimented path. We we tried Whole30. Did I feel better? I slept better. My gut felt better, but it was hard to make all meals fresh and preservative free, and almost on a daily basis. Like we were more Nate and I would look at each other. We're like I'm so stressed out about how we're gonna prepare our meals for the week that it's ruining the experience of the Whole30. 
So we had completed our 30 days and that we never went back. <laughs> but for for me, counting macros has definitely helped with my energy. Recovery is still always hard for me because I will have certain workouts that I am just sore and it doesn't matter how many carbs I eat or how I manage my macros. It just seems like I will be sore from that workout every time I do it. Um, and then we were talking about the whoop earlier as far as recovery. And I, I think if I had more numbers, it would just kind of drive me crazy. Like if I had a 1% night, I would be like, <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. this is going to mess with me the rest of the week. So I, I think finding that pattern or that the easiest path and with kids, I may not be able to measure everything and count it every day. So I kind of know what works for me and what keeps me feeling good for most of my workouts and I'll just have a normal level of soreness I think no matter what I do I want to touch on something real quick and Alyssa you can definitely touch it on this in your answer as well but the the body image part after being pregnant is something that a lot of I think females probably deal with for a good year after having the delivery talk a little bit about that with your answer Alyssa yeah well um that's a good question. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish I could say I was one of those people that, um, you know, just really embraced the pregnant and postpartum body, but I did not. And I think a lot of it was not just the external look of things, but I just didn't feel good either. You know, like I felt squishy and weak and you know, couldn't walk up my stairs without getting out of breath for a time. And, you know, I'm, I've always been very tough on myself that way. Um, but to be quite honest with you, in the 32 years um, <laughs> that I've had a body, I've never really, really been super confident. And I think a lot of females struggle with that anyway. So um, I've tried not to make it a huge highlight. Um, I, I, I like to go based on how I feel. And that's why I, I like my whoop. It, having some of that um, data is kind of nice to, to be able to track trends and go, okay, well, my heart rate's lower, my HRV's higher, I, I feel better, so, and it's also indicating that I'm maybe in better shape. Um, from a nutrition standpoint, I've never really dabbled with any fad diets or never went straight paleo or anything. I did go plant-based for about three months prior to getting pregnant with um, this second little one, um, which was pretty interesting but I don't know if it had to do more with just the volume of food I was eating. I had better energy levels. I recovered better um, or because I was actually eating better stuff. Um, but from a, from a nutrition standpoint, these days, the last six months has looked a little bit different just pregnancy wise. Um, but trying to stick to whole foods, um, it's easier to make better choices when you have little eyes watching you and eating the same stuff. We try to let Mia eat the same stuff that we are, um, or at least try it so that she can learn some consistency and um, get to try good good stuff. And, and she's she's got a nice palate for a two and a half year old, I would say. I love that you brought that up because I was gonna ask that this follow-up question right there. Like, I think us personally having kids, like we try to eat a certain way, you know, um, we try to eat very healthy Laura counts her macros religiously. It's really tough to push that on your kids. I, I don't want to say push it on your kids, instill that in your kids, right? Um, 
I think if I get guilt about anything, I feel like it's that, right? <laughs> like, all right, fine. I don't want to have this fight. Here's your chicken nuggets, you know? Like, do you guys deal with that? I the the boys will not they will not eat anything green. Like we have actually doctored it with cheese. Or we've put other th- but a piece of broccoli, I, you would I could probably have a better experience trying to take off one of their fingers. They just <laughs> won't eat it. So, it's chicken nuggets, it's a piece of pizza, it's yogurt. Lately, Beckham has branched out into the yogurt world, which has been good. So eating healthy, again, I'll eat salads, but I'll also go and eat a pizza. And we don't, we try to get the best, most nutritious, but then at the same time, we don't have a Whole Foods right in Greer to, to go to a better grocery store. And the grocery stores are great. I find a lot at Aldi that I don't find anywhere else and within a certain price range. So we we eat our salads, but we don't not eat chicken nuggets too. Right, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> Today we had a huge win. Mia asked for cauliflower for lunch. Really? Yeah, so Jolly Green Giant makes the cauliflower uh, gnocchi. So we do that, saute it with some butter and some garlic and put some cheese on it. But she ate an entire serving of cauliflower today at lunch. And then, you know, obviously had um, two packs of Welch's fruit snacks um, as dessert. So, you know, you just kind of, we try to encourage her as much as possible. And it's been nice because she is so observant. If she sees me eating something, then she naturally just wants it, um, which is fortunate. So it's really made me be selective in what I'm eating, especially if she's around. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she goes to bed, 8.30, that ice cream is calling my name. <laughs> um, so you just you kind of have to pick your battles. And she won't eat anything really green either. Broccoli's a I wish, big like, no-no. Even if my kid knew what a cauliflower was, that would make me so happy. <laughs> and I eat cauliflower. We have cauliflower rice. You know, I'm eating all this chicken. It's just... Um, it takes a lot for them or peer pressure if they're around their friends and now all the friends are eating make maybe a piece of broccoli i might see my son eat a broccoli but until then mm-mm. <laughs> it's hilarious yeah my kids are different my oldest son is just like yours it's almost impossible to get him to eat anything healthy without being coerced right into doing it he'll go to bed hungry like he is resilient he'll just sit there yep. at the table yeah so that's that's reagan's to a t now my youngest he's a for, he'll shovel anything in his mouth <laughs> anything he can get his hands on he's eating whether it's healthy or unhealthy so i don't know what the, the difference is between the two but it's just funny to see how different even siblings can be um i want to talk a little bit more about maintaining the fire in your relationship um, through everything that you guys have to juggle throughout the week. So obviously working a lot, being mothers, staying fit, and then also having, you know, being a wife and maintaining that relationship with your husband. I think we all know that once we have kids, the relationship changes a little bit. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but maintaining the, the lit fire becomes a little bit more of a chore. So tell me, talk a little bit about that. Maintain the fire is, again, like we we don't have family who's local. Mm-hmm. So having that date night or our time alone has been, that's been a tough one for Nate and I. And thank goodness 
he he is such a good dad. He's so patient and his schedule is so consistent while mine is all over the place. Um, so just finding, we find that our time comes when we put the boys down to sleep, hopefully around 8.30, sometimes a little bit later. But we have that just alone time between 8.30 and whenever we go to bed that we can talk, we watch programs together, we might get out the ice cream or just kind of snuggle things that we aren't able to do under normal circumstances because we have these two stinky and dirty boys kind of smushed in between us but it's it's important do we may need to make it more of a priority of course I think that's that could be everybody I wish we could get more date nights and with my parents in town it has helped that we've gone out a couple of times um the kids are about to get to a sports kind of a sports team phase so we're gonna have to work even harder to have that time alone because mm-hmm. um, I'm afraid we're about to be kind of split up with driving one kid to one uh, location the other one to another one I guess we'll cross that bridge when it happens and, and maybe they'll be in the same area or at the same soccer fields or something like that but that that's just something we have to constantly work on and is so important absolutely let y'all yeah, we um, kind of like what you said. I mean, uh, until Mia goes to bed, it's really all about Mia. And it's one of the coolest things watching Jeremy be a dad. Um, but we both kind of take each other's, our relationship together, maybe for granted every once in a while. And by the time 830 comes around, I'm like I'm just, I want to sit and scroll on my phone or I want to, I want to get a workout in. Um, and he, he just started physical therapy school. So a lot of his nights over the last month have turned into studying and, Mm -hmm. um, doing assignments. So definitely not had as much time together, um, even in, in recent months and it's going to get even more challenging with, with a new baby. Um, but our family doesn't live close by at all either. So, paying a babysitter to go pay to play golf, which is what we do really like to do for from a date aspect, um, is you know something that we make ourselves do and we enjoy it while we're there. But you know, it's definitely it's not easy to get alone time. Um, so <coughs> I, I do think that we could make a better effort in you know, just still investing in each other and and spending that time. And there's definitely time to make it happen. It's just, you need to, it's more work than I think either of us realize. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I know for, for our family, we both work during the day, pick, Lord picks the boys up. You know, I get home later in the evening from work and, um, you know, like you said, those first two or three hours of being home is just, all right, get them clean, get them fed, get them cleaned up, get their lunches ready for the next day. It's intense. Put them to bed. And then next thing you know, it's, you know, eight thirty, nine o'clock and you're exhausted and it's just tough to muster up that energy to have pillow talk or whatever you want to do. Um, so yeah, I think what you guys both said is just something that you have to work on just like anything else relationships are work i don't i don't care who you are um and i think that's another i think that's one cool thing about having this episode is i think so much of what people see about other couples is what they post on social media and you're like dang that couple's really got it together 
you know, I, for, for, I mean, I think my wife and I are included in that. I think we probably post some cool pictures. Like maybe we went somewhere awesome and I'm sure people are like, dang, they got their stuff together. But the fact is the majority of the week is tough, you know? So I think it's cool that just that for people probably to hear other folks talk about it, um, kind of resonate with themselves as, and everybody, we can all just keep working at it and just, um, cause you know, I want my marriage to last forever. And I think everybody in this room wants their marriage to last forever. And, you know, I think making your, your significant other, the priority and not your kid, the ultimate priority is also huge, right? Like I remember growing up, I knew for sure who my dad or my mom's number one priority was because they would freaking tell me like, you're not my number one mom's my number one, you know, like you're number two. And I always knew that. And I think, I think it's good for kids to know that like the parents, that relationship comes first, the kids, they're second. They were, we can, we made you, um, you can sit in the corner for a second, right? Yeah. <laughs> going, going back to how observant Mia is and just how, how absorb, um, or observant kids are, you know, if, if they're watching their parents, behave a certain way they're going to learn that that's normal or mm. that's okay so you know even having a strong relationship together for each other but also for your children <laughs> to see is crucial right um you know having two girls jeremy is the gold standard for how a man should treat them <laughs> right absolutely um and and how how they are to be treated by any human really but i mean ultimately like he's he he should be gold standard and i mean i i he's a wonderful husband which is um lucky for me um and for mia and this new addition that they'll they'll get to see absolutely and that i think me and nate probably are in the same ballpark where we're like you know we've got two boys and their experience with a female for the first 10 years of their life before they start liking girls is their mom so the way that we treat their mom is really going to dictate how they treat their future girlfriends or girls who aren't their girlfriends like because boys can be very mean to girls um i know for personal experience when i was a kid i'm sure i was mean to a couple girls you Especially know when they like but, them right right so it, it is very cool how we can set that example and set that tone at a young age um let's get to some rapid fire questions this is the fun part all right, uh, let's start with Sybil. Okay. And we'll just go back and forth. Uh, Sybil, if Harrison gave you a prepaid black card and said Nate is picking you up and y'all are heading to the airport, all expenses paid for a week, and you could choose anywhere to go, where would you go right now? Colorado. Colorado, awesome. Yeah, like Denver, Steamboat. Ski, snowboard. Both, so I we would ski, um, snowboard. I'm sorry, snowboard, mountain bike, hike, all of, all of the above. What about y'all? We go uh, golfing in Scotland. I'm pretty sure. Awesome. Ooh. All right, uh, Sybil. What is your go-to dessert? No caloric reservations. Brewster's ice cream. Perfect. Peanut butter puddles. Okay. Awesome. Laura loves the birthday cake over there. Um, what about you, Alyssa? Uh, man, that birthday. Birthday cakes, ice cream sounds awesome. Um, right now, I'm really into uh, chocolate peanut butter ice cream at like Publix. Just the Publix chocolate peanut butter 
little Hershey Dude. syrup on top. Yeah. Publix has Jenny's ice cream. Allison Stahl got me introduced to that, and we've been hooked on Jenny's ever since that episode. Jenny's is really Jenny's good. Jenny's is phenomenal. I tried Jenny's, yeah. You need to try it. It's at Publix. <laughs> I do need to. It's like $12 a pint, it but really it's is. totally worth well, it. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. It's good that it's priced that way, because you're not going to buy it all the that's time, true. right? It's so that's it's true. like a treat. All right. Um, coffee or energy drink, Sybil? Coffee. 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 I for can't sure. wait to start drinking more. All right, Sybil, if you had a magic wand and you could pick what activity your child would love and be good at, what would it be? It would be soccer. For sure. Yeah. Cool. God, I know this is rapid fire, but. Ooh. Oh, it's so hard. Golf. Golf. Lots I... of scholarships to be had <laughs> there in, you go. in women's golf. Thinking ahead. <laughs> All right. Um,. Sybil, what would your ideal CrossFit workout look like? <laughs> it would be filthy 50. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's a love-hate relationship. Sure. Uh, something with double unders and handstand push-ups, maybe some pull-ups. All right. Yeah. What would your ideal rest day look like without child responsibilities? Oh, boy. Maybe you can go first. <laughs> sure. Uh, probably wake up, sleep in till about 8 a.m., which is about all I can all I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, then go play golf on a beautiful sunny day. Come home, take a nap, um, wake up, have some dinner, and then just go back to sleep. Sounds perfect. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> that does. It would be like a spa day. I never really, I've never had a full spa day, so it's kind of a maybe a dream that's not really a good one. But I've had a massage and a facial before, but never like an all out stay at the spa get a you know hang out in the almost like grove park they yeah, have that little sure. la- like lazy river yep. thing yeah, and mood lighting sure. and soothing sounds that just sounds great all right here's an old one we've asked for a while what song would you listen to when ripping out a five minute amrap anything from def leppard really like, I, I was thinking about this lot from yeah. last time i was like yeah no anything from def leppard would be fine <laughs> Mine are usually like Jay-Z or Justin Timberlake, something like kind of with a little bit of a beat to it. Sure. Cool. All right. Last question. Which games cross, sorry, which games CrossFit athlete would you like to work out with and get coffee with after your workout? Man. Like the only one that really comes to mind is Tia because I've, I don't know. It's that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> Australians are cool. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, just, that's cool. just put it out, put no that out there. <laughs> It'd be Josh Bridges. Yeah, he's my fave too. He's just uh, like a wild, burly. Like he just looks like a little machine. And he's got that good dude's copy, so it'd be yeah, perfect. Yeah, and stellar facial hair. Yeah, yeah, he's a good. He guy. seems happy all the time. I don't watch much YouTube, but I do watch him. I now watch the Buttery Bros. That's probably the two things I watch the most on YouTube. All right, well, this wraps it up. Um, I really appreciate you guys carrying me through this one. Like I said, I think I was actually sort of nervous for this episode doing it alone. So I appreciate you guys carrying me and uh, making making this one sound really good. I think a lot of people are going to appreciate this episode strictly for the fact that you two are on it. <laughs> you just know if there's a bunch of weird sounds, this was never meant to be. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, yeah, so for sure. All right, well, y'all heard it here on the Apogee Podcast. <laughs>